I was doing probably like $10,000 a month just doing that strategy alone. And I put out a WSO on it on the Warrior Forum back in the day. And it just kind of took off and my name got out there. And YouTube came into the picture because I was actually just posting videos on YouTube for providing updates to people on, you know, the different strategies that I was sharing with them. And I needed a good place to actually host my videos. And uh, it wasn't until I realized one of those videos actually kind of took off. It was like, wow, I maybe should think about this a little bit more. This is the Local Marketing Agency Secrets Audiocast, where we interview the world's top minds in local marketing to bring you actionable tips and strategies for your local agency. Here are your hosts, Drew Griffin and David Calafiore. Hey everybody, how you doing? Drew Griffin here, hanging out with my business partner, David Calafiore, again on Local Agency Secrets. We're really excited and elated uh, for today's guest who has clearly demonstrated a ton of value in pretty much everything that he's touching. But more specifically today, we're going to be talking a little bit more about YouTube and how uh, local agencies, local marketers can leverage YouTube specifically to help benefit their local agency, uh, as well as the customers and clients that they are serving. So without further ado, please welcome to the show, Paul James. How are you today? Doing well. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, we're excited and thrilled, um, you know, certainly to have somebody of your caliber uh, join us here on the show. Let's get right into it. I'm not going to do a, a ton of introduction here because what we're going to be doing is promoting uh, your channel and a bunch of the things that you talk about on that channel and then kind of divert it into a little bit more on the on the local marketing side. So without further ado, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself, uh, what your background is and, uh, you know, kind of what we're going to be talking about today. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So I started 10 years ago, uh, full time 10 years ago in 2010. And um, I got my start because I was in nursing school, I was living in my brother's garage, me and my wife, we just got married. And I was looking for a way to make extra money. And I came across SEO, uh, search engine optimization from a course called Bring the Fresh, which was by uh, Kelly Felix and Mike Long. They split off and Mike Long went on and did like uh, OMG machines probably a lot of people have heard of that one. But yeah, I got my start kind of learning SEO. And I thought, you know, it'd be really cool if I could start taking this over to doing with local people like local business owners, because I knew there was like a big market for that. And um, I was kind of one of the first people I think really like how my name got out there. I was one of the first people to actually do it with Google Maps and do Google Maps with lead generation specifically, where I would create kind of these Google map listings and a little bit gray hat, I guess you could say. <laughs> but, you know, the the maps listings where uh, it would be like, you know, like a roofing company, like a roofing site, and people would come to it through Google Maps. And then I would sell the leads to someone and put out a course on the warrior form about how I was doing that. I had quickly scaled that into I was doing probably like $10,000 a month just doing that strategy alone. I put out a WSO on it, on the warrior form back in the day. And it just kind of took off and my name got out there. And YouTube came into the picture because I was actually just posting videos on YouTube for providing updates to people on, you know, the different strategies that I was sharing with them. And I needed a good place to actually host my videos. And uh, it wasn't until I realized one of those videos actually kind of took off. It was like, wow, I maybe should think about this a little bit more. That's amazing. So uh, before we jump into the YouTube side of things, are you still in the healthcare industry or or is that just something that you've completely went off in a different tangent? Yeah, good, uh, good question. So I ended up dropping out, moved out of my brother's garage, took out a, a loan for a laptop on a credit card prior to like really scaling up the Google My Business stuff. And uh, I just went full blown into that and scaled it up pretty quickly. So no, not into that anymore. I was about a year from graduating. I think I had like a semester or two left. And uh, I just decided to go in and 
tell my nursing director I'm dropping out. And it's pretty scary because I wasn't really making a lot of money yet at the time when I decided to do that. But I just knew that if I focused on this, I, I figured I could make it work. Well, clearly you've made the right decision. I actually have a healthcare background as well. I spent about 27 years in healthcare as a oh, wound awesome. care nurse. So I, I love it. I loved it. I love this story already. We shifted off in a different direction. And clearly from an income and a revenue perspective, you're probably making a heck of a lot more than what most nurses in, in, in healthcare are doing. So what, what was that experience when, we, when, you're, when that first video you took off and you started to see, you know, whatever those numbers are, you're clearly getting exposure, touching a lot of lives through this video. You know, what started going through your head at that point? Like, how could you leverage this platform and take us through the transition into now you're doing some YouTube stuff and what, what's that been like leveraging this type of platform in terms of connections, viewership, selling courses, uh, connecting with local businesses and doing that kind of thing? It took a while before I really perfected the strategy of actually growing on YouTube. But um, when I realized like this is a real platform to actually grow subscribers, I just started consistently putting out content. And my content at the time was mostly around search engine optimization, you know, Google Maps in particular, because that's what I was good at. That's what I felt I really knew how to do and lead generation. And uh, I did pick up a lot of clients from it at the time as well. I picked up a national client. We did, I think it was like 52 cities we did Google My Business listings for. Uh, actually, it's a big company that a lot of people probably heard of, but I had to sign an NDA with them, so I can't share what it is. But it's a big company in the uh, in the pet space, so that was pretty interesting. I got that one off of just building up my authority, right? Because people knew who I was from my YouTube videos, and at that time, I think I was at like eight thousand subscribers on there. So I mean, it wasn't like I mean compared to now, I'm at two hundred thousand. Still, eight thousand is a lot, but compared to now, like it doesn't feel like that much. Like. I think like people realistically could build up to that point fairly quickly. I think if someone spent maybe six months to a year, easily could get to 10,000 subscribers. And what that does for you, it's kind of like writing a book, right? Like that puts you in a, in a new category of where like now you're a published author. Well, it's kind of the same thing with YouTube. I feel like, I feel like people look at it like, okay, wow, this guy's a YouTuber. He's putting out this content on SEO and he's sharing what he knows. So you're just perceived as an authority and you can leverage that however you want. So in my beginning stages, I leveraged it to get local clients. But then I started casting my net, I guess, sort of wider. And I went more generic and, and stopped talking so much about SEO. I still talk about it, but I title my videos differently and make them more broad about just making money or building businesses now. That's incredible. It's it's amazing. So you know, for, for those people that are listening to this program now, we're watching this on a video that we have out there. The, the fact that you were able to pick up a national business, 52 cities, et cetera, et cetera, that kind of raises some eyebrows, right? Like you're talking about a national entity and we're talking to a bunch of people, listeners that are uh, local marketers, they probably don't aspire right away to have a national presence or something like that. Can we shift a little bit and kind of talk about how easy it might be able to use or maybe the strategy or, or something along those lines with regards to local marketing? Maybe we're talking about some local chiropractors, local oil companies, garages, uh, automobile, maybe tow truck companies, attorneys, that sort of thing. Is this a space that local marketers can maybe start to leverage and get a little bit of momentum by leveraging this type of distribution channel? Actually, I think local marketers, specifically those that understand SEO, have a unique advantage to anyone else out there because at the end of the day, YouTube is a search engine, right? And one of the biggest search engines too. I think it's like number three. I think Amazon is like one, or Amazon's number two, I think, and Google's number one. I think YouTube's number three, but I could be wrong. But big, big search engine. So 
if you're able to, YouTube has two algorithms, right? We have the search algorithm, which is similar to SEO. And then we have the suggested algorithm, which is when people are watching a video, they get suggested another video. And for, for someone like me, I, I really want to go after the suggested algorithm. But when you're starting off, you want to start with that search algorithm because it's easier to get into. You, know, you can rank a video and I don't mean rank it in Google. I mean, rank it in YouTube so that when someone goes in there and searches, how can I get more leads from my chiropractor agency? Boom, your video pops up. And the thing is, is there's going to be a lot less competition ranking for stuff like that, which means if you're just starting off, you own a local marketing agency and you're just starting off, you can start to really niche down and start to go after these, you know, keywords that are practically no competition, just like long tail keywords in Google, right? And you can start to build them up. The cool part about YouTube versus let's say Facebook or Instagram or any of those other platforms is since it's, since it's a search engine, those videos are going to be there forever. I mean, I get traffic from videos I did five years ago and I, and they're some of my biggest videos that continually draw in subscribers, sales, views, which turns into AdSense and revenue as well. So yeah, I think there's a big opportunity for someone who's willing to create a hit list of what keywords they want to go after film an eight to 10 minute video and pop it up there. So that's probably the ideal amount of time, something like eight to 10 minutes. Yeah. So it used to be 10 minutes was like the mark for, for Google ads to actually kick in and start paying you, but they shortened that down to eight minutes. I think mm-hmm. YouTube understands that the future of video is going to short form content with the things like TikTok and Instagram reels coming into play and getting so popular. So it's nice that they shorten that down and when I first started, I actually left my ads turned off because I thought I'm not really doing this to make money off of the ad revenue. You know, it's pretty minimal in the grand scheme of things. But then I realized later on, well, YouTube's going to promote my videos more if they're making money off of them. So when I turn the ads on and I monetized it, which you need 1,000 subscribers and uh, 4,000 watch time minutes, I think it is, um, to actually get that turned on. But when I did that, boom, I started getting a lot more traffic because YouTube's like, well, now we're in it to make money. You're making us money. We're going to push your video more. Definitely turn that on when you can. Yeah. So I I would make the video so that they meet that criteria at least eight minutes because just know in the future, you're going to be able to turn that on and the money you make off of it might be, might be good for you, might not. Like at the time, that wasn't my focus. My focus was to generate leads and get new customers. So this this is the video. This is exciting. You know, for somebody, for us at least, you know, we're specifically focusing in on YouTube as a potential revenue source directly. Now you're talking about AdSense and kind of a pathway to actually get to that point. You're, you're providing some reassurance here for a lot of people who may not have considered the platform for a local marketing perspective. And from your experience, uh, you're saying that, yeah, it's, it's probably a great avenue to jump in here and start to do things, uh, maybe kind of a long key word term uh, to be able to get some easy rankings organically, at least within that particular platform. And then hopefully as things start to progress and you're putting out more content and more content and more content, you get into what you value seems to be the suggested suggested videos, which probably is being shown to people after they're already looking for content that's relative to their local area or to this, this certain type of vertical, that certain type of niche or something like that. And that's where maybe, maybe some more of the traffic starts to uh, become more relevant. So what are, are we t- these types of videos that, that are starting to get traffic and, you know, start to encourage subscribers to you know actually subscribe to the channel? You know, what value 
Uh, I mean, you, you want to pro- probably produce content that is valuable, that's informative, it's educational, it's um, you know, it's entertaining in, in some regards. You know, how how important is that? I mean, we're not talking about like stock videography and you know, throwing right. some text over top of it. What kind of subject matter, you know, do you want to kind of include in there? Is like, is that kind of the formula there? I'd say it depends on your niche, definitely. I think for me, I came from a world of recording videos over like my computer screen using like Camtasia or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and those types of videos actually, they still do pretty well in our niche, in the local marketing niche, because they're informative, they're teaching something. And at the end of the day, people come to YouTube and they search for something because they want to solve a problem. So it doesn't really matter whether you're on camera yourself solving that problem or whether you're showing your computer screen and talking over it and solving the problem. The difference is going to be not that not that great. But the importance is, is are you solving that problem and are people watching? If you want to get into the suggested algorithm, there's some factors at play. It's your click-through rate, which is you know your title and thumbnail. If you can't get someone to click on the video, they're never going to get there. So I learned later on that I needed to put way more focus into that because I wasn't early on. I wasn't... Uh, you know, when I first started, I wasn't putting any focus into my title or thumbnail. I wasn't doing any thumbnails at all. So I would spend as much time on your thumbnail if you want to hit some of those suggested stuff as you do, you know, your actual video itself. And then your video itself, once you get them there, YouTube wants to see that you're actually keeping them watching for a long time. If they start to see it like drop down, then they might choose another video to promote that makes them more money because people are watching it longer. And that's where some of the entertaining factors can come into play. And I started to implement that as well. I started to, you know, just do little skits in between and and stuff like that, which maybe not super appropriate for like the local marketing stuff. But when I started to cast a wider net and and try to go after, you know, I started trying to go after um, the younger demographic who are watching videos and, you know, adding stuff like that. And I kind of just looked at the YouTube culture and saw what, what was working in other niches. And I tried to blend it into our world, which seemed to work really well. And I think that's kind of what propelled my channel up so fast and a short amount of time. I think I, I started in 2017, I think is when I really hit the ground running with this whole thumbnail thing and the, and the uh, title thing, and then actually adding in the skits and stuff. And then I consistently updated, uploaded three times a week during that year. And I went from like 10,000 subscribers to a hundred thousand in about eight months. Wow. Just really, really hammering down on it. That's incredible. I mean, even for the modest local marketer having aspiring to 10,000 subscribers, it seems like you're giving some reassurance that this totally can be done. And clearly being consistent, uploading three times per week is going to take a little bit of work. Mm -hmm. But with anything, if it's worth it, you're going to put that time, you're going to put that effort into uploading consistently. So maybe a couple other technical questions that I have, and then I'll kind of pass it over to David here. What role does the description in your YouTube strategy, how effective is having an optimized description and the positioning of any URLs that you're promoting? Is it like a keyword? Is it way in on the algorithm inside the description at all? And uh, second part of that is, you know, do you view YouTube as a social channel? I mean, is there engagement? Is you know, are you connecting with, engaging with uh, those people that are commenting on your on your videos? And clearly, you probably keep the, the comments open. You know, do you ever have problems with trolls? That's that's probably like a fourteen different questions I just asked you. But sure. let's talk about the description. Let's talk about the social aspect of it, and what's your view on trolls and that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Let's break it down. So, for SEO purposes and and search rankings, if you want to be ranking for those keywords, then definitely want to have your keyword in the title. 
definitely want to have your keyword in the description, especially if you can put it up at the top of the description, like the first line. That's big. Definitely want to have it in your tags. And then you want to put related keywords in your tags as well. And even in your description, if you can take those tags and put them in. Some people recommend like taking your your keywords and like if you have like 10 different keywords, just like copy and pasting them separated by commas in your description. I don't do that. I'd rather write out a sentence that includes them and makes it sound more legit because I just think it does better. So yeah, it definitely plays a big role in it. And if you do that, you're going to have a lot better results in the search algorithm. With the suggested algorithm, doesn't really matter. If you go up against a channel that has high authority in the lead gen niche, like mine, for example, and you do a lead gen video, but you don't have authority in the niche, YouTube is just always probably going to pick my video because that's just the way it works. But when it comes, like, regardless of how my description is optimized versus yours, like you could have like a perfectly, perfectly optimized description and I could just have nothing in there and I would still probably do better in the suggested. But in the search, it's a different story. You can definitely optimize for it and it definitely helps. Engagement is big as well in both algorithms, search and in the, in the suggested. Um, so one thing I do is I always ask people to like the video. That was something I started doing as well in 2017. And I always ask them to subscribe. And people, some people, especially the trolls, they'll, they'll be like, why are you asking me to subscribe before I even watch the video? And it's simple because I grew to 100,000 subscribers in eight months by doing it. <laughs> yeah. So it works, you know, it's, it's a call to action. And we as marketers know that when you tell someone to do something, they're more likely to do it than if you don't ask at all. Love so that. yeah. Do those things, ask them to like the video, give them a reason to like it. Like one of the things I do on some of my videos, like, hey, if you wanna learn how to make money or if you like money, smash the like button. Like who's gonna deny doing that? And then um, with the subscribe, one thing I did early on, I said, hey, if you subscribe, I learned this trick from someone on Udemy. Um, I forget who it was, I think his name was Superman, but he did it in a gaming niche and he said, if you subscribe, I will reply back to you if you comment below and let me know you subscribe. So now you got them subscribing and commenting. So I did that early on too, that helped as well. And then uh, dealing with trolls, I mean, trolls are an indicator, I think, that you're kind of making it. So you're going to have trolls. It is what it is. And if no one's talking about you, that's probably a bad thing. You can always delete comments if you want. But typically, um, you start to cultivate a pretty big fan base, and they do a pretty good job of fighting the trolls for you. <laughs> that's incredible. I know that's one thing that, you know, in speaking with some local businesses, that's the one concern that they have is, you know, having a bad review or having a bad comment or something like that. We kind of look at it now as an opportunity to engage in the conversation and kind of course correct what those negative comments are in the first place. And as you mentioned, you can always hide those comments. But as you mentioned, if you're not pissing somebody off, you're probably not doing a really good job. So, you know, make it your goal to get out there and kind of, uh, position yourself and, and have a polarizing uh, point of view. If you're educating, you're entertaining, you're informing people, you know, what's what's negative about that kind of stuff, right? There's always going to be somebody that has, has an opinion. This is amazing feedback. I really, really love this. And it's probably something that we should be considering doing a little bit more we of, should. David. What kind of, com what kind yeah, of questions well, that you have? I have a question for Paul. So, you know, a few minutes ago, you were talking about how everything starts with the thumbnail and getting someone to click on that video. Mm -hmm. Now, that's where it all starts. Someone clicks on that video. Now they're on your video. What are some best practices or strategies that you use like in the beginning of a video to capture someone's attention, to keep them watching? Now, I know that YouTube rewards you for watch length and that's really important also. So what are, what are some strategies that maybe some people could look at for getting you know, someone's attention and getting them to you know, watch more of the video? Yeah, good question. So I would say break if you can plan your video out on maybe like a notebook or something ahead of time, that can really help, right? Because otherwise you're 
kind of going off on tangents when you start making videos, at least I do. <laughs> I'll start just rambling on about something, but break your video up into segments in your notepad or however you're going to plan it out and hook them in. And each different segment should kind of lead up to that, like give them what they want as quick as you can. So if you're, if you're talking about, I'm going to teach you how to SEO a, a YouTube video, for example, that would be my, my YouTube topic. I would want to get into the video, tell them what I'm going to tell them, like, say, this is what you're going to learn. And then maybe give like an overview of like, here's the three steps we're going to cover in the video of how to do this. And then dive into step one. Like you can see like each part then is leading into the next part. Like, here's what I'm going to tell you about. Here's the three steps it's going to take. Let's dive into step one. Okay. Now that you know this, let's dive into step two, step three. And then by the end of it, you're kind of leaving them with the conclusion like, okay, so here's everything we talked about. I told you I was going to tell you this. I did. Here's the three steps again to recap it. And then at the end, I always say, if you want to learn about XYZ that's similar, go check out this video. Try to make the video feel like it's not over yet so that they keep watching, they binge watch, and they go on to watch something else. That's amazing. There's so much knowledge right inside this interview. Listen, a lot of people that are going to be watching this or listening to this interview, they're going to want to know more. Where can we send them to learn so they can learn more about you, learn about the content that you are producing and publishing on YouTube? Uh, where can we send them? Yeah, um, my YouTube channel. Uh, it's I am Paul James. So if you just go into YouTube, search I am Paul James, you can find me there. I'd love to have you subscribe and turn notifications on. Listen, if you guys are listening to this uh, this episode, just be aware there's so much value there. I was binge watching some uh, some videos from Paul uh, last night. I think I was up till about two o'clock in the morning, just sucked in with all the knowledge that you're sharing freely on YouTube. And uh, we would love for everybody to do Paul a massive, massive favor and uh, do the right thing. Go over there, check out his channel. Not only check out the channel, but subscribe, uh, comment, watch some of those videos. You will not be disappointed. Clearly, we're going to want to have Paul come back on and talk about some other cool things that you can do with YouTube on a later episode, but uh, you will not be disappointed. Head over there, check out the stuff. If you're into local marketing, if you're into SEO, if you're into doing local marketing and uh, there's so much more there that we can't even get into. You'll do yourself a favor, go over there and subscribe to his channel, like it, comment, get involved in his community. Clearly there's so much that you can learn there. And I'll be probably be doing a heck of a lot more of that over this weekend uh, just because it's so good. The, the content on there is so good that you know if somebody has built up their page from zero to the, the number that he's got on there right now, clearly he's an expert in this and knows something about growing a channel. And if you can lear learn and leverage some of these tactics and techniques, maybe be able to move the needle for your local customers and clients, or at least have a, a secret weapon in your back pocket, uh, you could probably move that needle uh, significantly in, in the revenue perspective, not only for your business, but for the businesses that you serve. Uh, Dave, what else you got? I think we've got into a lot there and it's a, there's a little bit to, to digest already. So maybe we'll have Paul back again at another point and kind of maybe dig a little bit deeper. But yeah, his channel is amazing. I would definitely recommend heading over to- I am Paul called again, Paul? Your name, your channel? I am Paul James. Definitely subscribe and check. He's got some great content there just about, you know, using the internet to make a living in general. He's got some, some awesome content. So definitely check that out. And uh, thank you, Paul, so much. Thank this you. It's been amazing. Yeah. I'd love to come back on. I appreciate it. Thank you so much.